Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, friends. Today's topic is prayer. Have you ever been in a huge crisis and cried out to God, making wild promises to Him if He'll just answer your prayer? And then as soon as whatever's happening has passed, you forget and go back to your old ways. Maybe you promised you'd pray more, or you'd go to church that Sunday, or you'd never commit a sin again. You'd help more, be less self-focused, and do whatever God wants. But then, just as quickly as you promised to make your world different if God just intervened, you forgot. You stayed on the same road, headed in the same direction. You checked in and then completely checked out. Friend, prayer is our entrance to the throne of God through Jesus. We have the wonderful opportunity to speak to our Creator, to have a relationship with Him by communicating through prayer. Today, ask yourself this, how important is prayer to you? Is it only something that you do when you need help? Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. When I was a little girl, there was a sweet old woman that fascinated me. She made a huge impact on my life. Her name was Thelma, and she lived in the small town of Aiken, Minnesota. Thelma had lived in Minnesota most of her adult life. She had seen incredible hardships. Most of her family was dead. She had lived through the Great Depression. Her home had burned down, and she had suffered the loss of a baby. When her oldest child was only 15, her husband died, leaving her to raise two children by cleaning for wealthy families in Aiken. Yet with all of this, she was still faith-filled. I would watch her walk down the streets of Aiken. Her little hunched back made her under five feet, and she had beautiful eyes that were like the color of sky. Her hands had once played the piano, but were now worn, each finger crooked with time. As she would walk down the main street on her way to the store, she'd smile and say, Hello, Ralph. How's the wife? I've been praying she'd feel better. And Ralph would answer. She'd see the next person and say, Hi, Anne. Did you get the job we prayed about? And on and on it went. Everyone seemed to know her, and everyone spoke of her prayer support. I told myself someday... I want to be just like that. It wasn't as hard as I thought, partly because I watched Thelma, an 80-year-old woman, kneel and pray day after day before God. Thelma was a great example to me. Thelma was my grandmother. She led many people to Christ just by her example of prayer. Prayer has the ability to draw us close to God, to encourage others, and to develop our character. Prayer is the essence of faith. It develops a deeper root into the ground of our faith in God. Today on Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, we want to introduce you to one of our pastor friends, Pastor Louis Schultz. Louis is a graduate of Bethel University and Seminary in St. Paul and has pastored churches for over 25 years. He's one of my good friends and teaches pastors, leaders, and congregations about the power of prayer. 
Welcome, Pastor Louie. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so glad that you're with me on today's show. So we're going to start talking about prayer today. And here's my first question. Pastor Louie, so often people will tell me that they don't feel comfortable praying and they don't know what to say to God. What can you tell our listeners today about how to pray? Well, I'm so excited to talk about how people can enjoy their prayer times more. I feel like people talk to people that they like to talk to. You know, for example, if uh, every time you talked to Farmer Dean, your precious husband, all the conversation was was about things that he thought you were doing wrong or needed correction, Ouch. or he was judging you. That would be terrible. How often would you approach him? I wouldn't <laughs> want to talk to him at all. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think sometimes we get muddled in our thoughts about what to anticipate when we pray. And the, the first way I think we'll enjoy our prayer times more is to anticipate God's Father love every time we pray. Remember Jesus, when he taught his friends how to talk to God, he said, address him as Abba, Father in heaven. And I've been thinking about that, how how Jesus wants me, when I talk to God, to remember my sonship, to remember that I've been adopted, that God's not given me a spirit of slavery so that I'd be afraid to approach him, um, but a, a spirit of love and power and, and, and good thinking. And you know I have two adopted children from Russia, right. and in order for us to be able to adopt them, they had to first be offered to Russian families before they'd be available on uh, the international adoption market. And the same thing happened with us. God had to make us adoptable, because we were by nature children of wrath. We were actually in the devil's orphanage before Jesus adopted us out of there. And so I believe people will enjoy talking to their Heavenly Father more if they anticipate that he's motivated to love them. Ephesians 1.4 says, It was in love that he predestined us to be his kids. Mm, I, and, think that, I think that's so neat. And the thing that that makes me question in my mind, it kind of puts things together for me, is that so often, Pastor Louis, at the end of our Best Life conferences, women will come up and they will tell us that they had really bad relationships with their fathers or their fathers were abusive or they were sure, negligent. Sure. And then they, they'll tell us that they can't really relate to this idea, concept of a heavenly father because they had such a bad earthly father. But I like how you've described him when you talk about him being a heavenly father that loves us, that wants to meet with us, who is an Abba father. That just brings peace and comfort. Well, absolutely. And, and when we come into his presence and he sees on his heavenly screen that it's us calling, he rushes to his refrigerator, he sees our picture, oh, and great. he is thrilled. You know, his heart leaps. Uh, remember the Garden of Eden, Kathy, when God would have these incredible conversations with Adam and Eve. Um, it was a, a, a loving relationship. There was this beautiful perfection to everything. 
reminds me of the song uh, in the garden mm-hmm. uh, i come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice i hear falling on my ear the son of god discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known and and that's that's god's heart for the restoration of relationship he wants that back and so he did everything necessary through Christ's work on the cross for us to be adoptable so that we could have his love flowing over us i did a men's prayer breakfast a couple of weeks ago and we talked about first john 3 1 you're familiar with that Behold what manner of love the Father's given to us that we should be called children of God. And and it starts out, Behold, you know, take a look, stop, look, listen, lift up your eyes, look at what? Behold the manner of love, the kind of love the Father has given to us. So what can we expect when we approach the Father in prayer? Well, First Corinthians 13 says we can expect to experience his patience, because his perfect father love is patient. We can expect to experience his kindness, because his perfect father love is kind, and he keeps no record of wrong. I think people uh, stay away from God's presence in droves because they think he's mad at them. And I don't know if you've ever heard the devil whisper in your ear, oh, don't talk to God today. Because remember what you did yesterday? Oh, yeah. He's upset with you. He's, right. he's not going to want to be very pleasant, and he's going to bring the hammer down. Mm. Well, we need to tell ourselves the truth. The Romans 8 says, no, no, there's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed us through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. And so we, we won't experience condemnation or accusation. Romans 8 goes on to say, Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for himself? Will God? No, he's the one who gave us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No, he's the one who died for us, was raised to life for us, and sits at the right hand of the Father right now pleading for us. I love How cool that. Is that? It, it is so cool because what you're basically telling us is that we don't have to be afraid to go before God and to pray. And I know a lot of people will say to me, Oh, Kathy, how can you pray about that? You know, I'll pray about anything. I'll pray that uh, recently I was praying my kitty would come home. I have a little sweet outdoor kitty that was missing. I will be praying for people to find their lost rings or for somebody to do better at school. And people will say, you can't bother God with things like that. That's so trivial. He's solving world hunger. He's, you know, doing huge things. You can't take the small things to him. But I, I believe that you can. And, you know, what would you say to people? I mean, what would you tell them when they say, don't bother God? Well, you're absolutely right that sometimes we think that God is too busy to be caring about the little things, but he invites us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us, and and every little thing that matters to us matters to him. That's frankly why Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer all right, here's the kind of topics that we know here in heaven that you need help with. 
daily bread. So pray, give us today daily bread, because we will experience God's love as he meets those practical needs. When we say, Lord, these are our bills, these are our financial needs, this is my physical needs for help, and as he supplies those needs, we feel his love. And then he says, pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, because we will feel his love, his Father, perfect love, as he forgives us moment by moment, day by day of all of our sins, and helps us to forgive others. We'll feel his love when we say, lead us not into temptation. You know, God knows that we struggle with temptation, and so he wants us to talk to him about us and to feel his love as he delivers us from the evil one. We have an accuser day and night going after us, trying to deceive us, and so we pray. he said, pray, deliver us from the evil one. And so God is interested in all of those things. In fact, that's why he taught us to pray about all of those things. I, I love that. When I was little, my daddy made me memorize that verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And so I just learned that in my prayer life. I just, no matter what it is, I, don't, I don't think about God being bothered by my prayers. I believe that he's drawing us in to have a relationship. He wants to hear from us, just like I love it um, when you call Farmer Dean and I, or when we'll call neighbor friends, when we have a relationship talking with one another, that's how we create a deeper, more meaningful relationship. As a pastor, I know that you are asked this very often, and that is people want to know, if I'm praying and I'm going before an almighty God that loves me, then how come he allowed my son to die? How come he allowed my grandmother to suffer through horrible cancer and now you know, have dementia? People want to know why their prayers aren't answered. What, how do you respond to people like that? What do you say to them? Well, again, the beautiful thing is when we approach God with any of those serious questions, any of those um, doubts or, or how we wonder, God, uh, we, we kind of say to him, God, if I was God, I would have done this for my grandma's cancer. If I was God, I would have protected Kathy's little kitty. And the reality is that the fact that we can draw near to him and allow his love to wash over us, even as we're questioning it, and his his... His goal, any time we talk to him, is for us to, again, experience that perfect Father love. That's why it's so important for us to explore uh, the kind of love he has for us so that we know and can put in perspective some of the evil things that happen all around us. My dad used to say, Kathleen, you cannot keep blaming God for every single thing that happens. You cannot say, this is your fault, God, this is your fault, because we live in a fallen world. We have sin, we have sickness, and eventually eventually everybody's going to die. And it is really difficult when we know it's a little child with cancer or something that is happening. Somebody loses their job or their house burns down. It's hard to understand God's will. But one of the things I like to 
to be able to do for people is I like to pray, but I like to pray together. So we have our Bible study out at the little church in the Grove on Wednesday mornings at nine, and my friends will come out and we'll go through our Bible study. And at the end, we take prayer requests and we pray together. And I love the feeling of people and their hearts and minds unified before God to pray. Do you believe, Pastor Louis, that there's power in that prayer of people praying together? And and how do you feel that we can develop more of an attitude of prayer? You know, um, I, I hate to keep hearkening back to the importance of celebrating our sonship, that we are daughters and sons of God. When we were adopted into the family of God, we became family, brothers and sisters. I know you've traveled around uh, the country and the world and met other people who you didn't know were related to you by Christ, and it was like a reunion, even if you didn't even know their That's language. Right. You have you have that but, wonderful thing in common of knowing God. Absolutely. And when we talk to God together in corporate settings, it's important that we, we don't be boring, okay? Hope your listeners will, will give me a little grace, but, but I believe corporate prayer settings in the Church have become incredibly boring yes. because they're request-based praying instead of worship-based mm-hmm. praying. Mm-hmm. And, and God teaches us to come into His presence with thanksgiving, and with praise, and I found one of the keys to making corporate prayer times healthy and enjoyable, even if it's just in a small group in your home or a Bible study at church or even spouses praying together, is start your prayer time asking God for three things. One, protection, because we know the devil hates us when we pray. God, protect us as we pray together. Secondly, pray for direction. Uh, I'm easily distracted, and so I need the shepherd to guide as a group of people are trying to pray. And thirdly, that everyone would be aware of his presence. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's amazing how those three little um, prayers can help dial us in to what God might want to pray through us. If you're just tuning in tonight, we're talking with Pastor Louis Schultz. Louis is encouraging us about the power of prayer. When we make time for God, make time to talk with Him, thank Him, confess to Him, and ask Him for help, our relationship to God deepens. Let's listen to this old hymn sung by Catherine Scott called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus.
words. Take it to the Lord in prayer, and we can do that at any time because God's there listening. Pastor Louis is here with me today, and our topic is prayer. What would you tell our listeners, Louis, about prayer that you could just leave with them as as we're thinking about this topic today? Well, Kathy, what an appropriate song to remind us that when God thinks about us, He calls us friend. And he's looking to demonstrate his friendship towards us when we approach him, and he wants to shower his love on us 
And isn't it interesting that Jesus in John 15 says, I don't call you slaves or servants, but I call you friends. And if we would simply anticipate that we're going to experience God's perfect love when we pray, and that we're going to experience His love as we talk to Him about each of the topics the Lord taught us in the Lord's Prayer, daily bread, forgiveness, help with temptation, help with the devil, that we'll probably enjoy those times more, and we will actually increase the amount of praying that we do both individually and corporately. Well, that was Pastor Louis Schultz, and what a blessing to have him here with us today. Thanks, Pastor Louis. Today on Your Best, we have our segment, Ask Dr. Deb. Dr. Deb Peterson is a general practitioner from ACMC in Litchfield, Minnesota, and serves with the Best Life team. She's here to answer one of our listeners' questions about white coat hypertension. Here's the question. Hi, Dr. Deb. It seems like every time I have to go into the doctors, I'm scared, and consequently, it seems to make my blood pressure high. Should I be concerned? Let's check in for some answers. Here's Dr. Deb. Hi, listeners. This is Dr. Deb Peterson for Best Life Ministries. People frequently ask me about white coat hypertension. With white coat hypertension, a patient's blood pressure is elevated when they come into the doctor's office for a visit, but may be perfectly normal at home. For some individuals, fear of their doctor visit causes anxiety, which in turn can raise the blood pressure. The American Heart Association considers blood pressure to be normal if the top number or systolic number is less than 120 and the bottom number or diastolic number is less than 80. Most doctors will not start medication for treatment of high blood pressure unless there are several readings higher than 140 systolic and 90 diastolic, but this can vary depending on age of the patient or other medical problems they may have. An important thing to remember is that if your blood pressure is high when you are anxious at the clinic, it is usually high at other times of stress or anxiety. If you are worried about your blood pressure readings that may seem high, please talk to your health care provider about this. Remember also that there are ways you can modify your blood pressure and help it. Uh, regular exercise, watching salt in your diet, weight loss are all easy things uh, to try to do to lower the blood pressure without medication. Yours in health and in him, this is Dr. Deb Peterson. Thanks for your help, Dr. Deb. Listeners, today on Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, we're talking about prayer, and I like this quote by Oswald Chambers. We have to pray with our eyes on God, not on the difficulties. Isn't that so true? You feel a little bit better if you're not focused on yourself. Let's talk a little bit more about prayer. Prayer comes easily for some, and it's really difficult for others. Why should we pray? Psalm 17, 6 and 7 states, I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. Show the wonder of your great love. Prayer is essential if we are to have an intimate relationship with God. In order for us to have good relationships with each other, we must be good communicators. Why would this be any different in communicating with God? We are called to pray so that we, number one, know Him, number two, trust Him, number three, see Him working in our lives, and number four, use prayer as a tool to bring others to Christ. Praying so that we know God is a wonderful thing. 
If you and I meet and we say hello to each other, but we never talk more than a hello, we won't have a relationship. We just won't know each other. But that's what God wants from us is to know us and to have a deep relationship. He wants us to daily hear from him through reading his word and through us talking to him through prayer. Number two, praying builds faith and trust in God. When we come to God, we need to pray specifically. I've known so many people who say, I'm praying and God just doesn't answer. And I ask them, what are you praying about? Maybe it's buying a home. How are you praying? I'll ask them. They'll say, God, give us a home. Well, I want to challenge you today, listener. God is a great and mighty God. Give him your faith, your trust, your confidence, and your prayers. Don't pray like that. Pray like this. I need a home, God, and here's what I'd like. I'd like it to be in this location. And tell him. I'd like it to be in this price range. Tell him. I want a big backyard. I want some great trees. I want exactly this description. And then let God decide what he's going to do about it. Is he going to answer it specifically? Well, he usually does for me. I believe he'll do the same for you. Pray your heart's desire. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Before I married Farmer Dean, I was praying for the right person. Nothing happened. One day I got really serious and I made a list of all of the qualities in a husband and a dad I wanted for myself and my kids. I prayed that list before God every day for 10 months. Then I met Dino. He was exactly the list. It builds trust when we pray specifically and rely and depend on God. And we see when he answers that he's really real. Number three, when we pray for others, we see God at work in the lives of ourselves and other people. People constantly call me for prayer, and I pray with them. I love to pray. We pray specifically, and then we look at what God's doing in our lives. Friends, let's do that right now. Let's pray specifically. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, I want to pray for the listeners today who are struggling with health issues. I pray your powerful hand of healing over each one of them. I pray that you will bring good health to them and bring it quickly. For listeners who are needing to make important decisions today, I pray for incredible wisdom. For people who are feeling overwhelmed, God, I pray that you'll grant them peace and send them help. For listeners tonight who feel lost and alone, I pray that your Holy Spirit will permeate their mind and souls and help them to know that you love them. For the person out there who's in deep trouble today, I pray that you will lift them out of the pit. And for those who don't know that you exist, I pray that you will make yourself so real to them. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, on Tuesday, August 25th, from 6 to 7 p.m., right here in Benson at the Benson Public Library, you can come and meet me. I'm having a book reading and book signing right here at the library, and I'm excited about it. It's my new book, The Story of My Life, Joseph. Come and join me. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Tune in next week at 6.30 p.m. on our station, KSCR 93.5 FM. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Best.